0: I wanted to have a conversation with you about something that has been on my mind for uh, a number of weeks, even as long as a month or two months. Hey, I'm the Reluctant Book Marketer, and I've got just one question for you. Do you see your novel as a million-dollar asset? Because if you don't, and you want to, you're in the right place. This is the only show for novelists who want to shift their mindset away from fear and toward abundance. Because you can sell more books than you ever dreamed when you believe in what you're doing. You know how it feels sometimes when you're in the middle of something, like it's the only existence you've ever had? If uh, you break a toe, it feels like you've always had a broken toe. If you're sad, it feels like sadness has permeated your entire existence. And if you're happy, those times can feel just as permanent. Wherever we are, we always feel like that's the center. And I say all of that because to me, I've had the feeling that I've just permanently been afflicted with a lot of settling. Well, let me tell you what I mean by settling. I've had so many conversations lately uh, with writers who I think are grappling with the challenges of taking their work, putting it out into the world, and not seeing enough readers pick that work up, engage with it, enjoy it, love it, share it around, review it, rate it, all of the things that we need as writers in order to make a really strong run with our books. And I've been, I've been meeting these writers and talking with them and having these conversations about realistic expectations and the idea that we can have a big impact, but on a limited number of people and that that should be something that satisfies us. But listen, I would not be doing you justice if I took that perspective. Because Even though I'm the reluctant book marketer, the reason I got to this place where I reluctantly decided to market my book, to get on Facebook, to get on Twitter, to get on TikTok, to figure out where the smoke, the heat, the fire is, to go through this process and to try to share what I'm learning with you, the reason I did it is because from the day I started writing, I knew that I wanted to share my novels with millions of readers. That is a huge goal and one that I did not appreciate how challenging the process would be at the time. And like so many of you, I believed that if I wrote a great book, the great book in and of itself would do all of the heavy lifting for me. What I didn't realize is that there are books out there that maybe don't have the level of perfected, crafted prose that mine does. There are books out there that have simpler plots, simpler storylines that aren't as innovative with the structures and genres that they blend. And I'm okay telling you that I think my novel is a fantastically great novel. I've poured five-plus years into the creating of it. If I didn't think it was great, one, I need to figure out how to work a whole heck of a lot faster, but two, why did I waste all of that time? Uh, As an aside, Say your book is great. Embrace the fact that your book is great because your book is great if you've put the energy and the effort into it. And if you care about marketing it and getting it out in front of readers, then it should be great. So embrace that. (laughs) This is a a complete aside. I didn't expect to go down, but it's one that we need to talk about. And, And the reality is, unfortunately, people are always going to be telling you you're doing something wrong. And in this case, they're going to be like, don't brag about your book. Let your book speak for itself. Well, Here we are right now. If you're listening to this podcast, you don't have a million dollars in your bank account because of your published books. I'm guessing you haven't sold four figures worth of books, and you definitely haven't sold six figures worth of books. So hear me now. Don't go with detractors. Don't listen to them. If they tell you you're bragging, throw it back in their face and say, maybe you should have more confidence in the things you're doing. And if you don't like conflict, that's okay. I understand. I don't love conflict. But I just want us to have this spirit, this mindset, that what we've created is good because it's going to take more energy, more time, more smart work, more study to get you where you're going than you can expect today. If you think it's going to be hard work today, I'm here to tell you it's going to be long work. It's going to be smart work. It's going to be exhausting work. You are going to go through emotional peaks and valleys on this journey. Be prepared for it because that's all you can do is have a mindset of tenacity. I'm going to get this done. So, but I wanna talk to you about settling. Because settling is what happens to us when we've been going at something for a a period of time, and we're not seeing the kind of results that we had hoped. This is going to happen to all of us. And sometimes, despite your best efforts, you're not doing the right things, and you don't know it. And so you're stuck in this strange in-between period where your efforts aren't bringing return. I'll share with you from my personal experience that... A couple of things have happened recently for me where I'm not seeing the same kind of growth on Twitter. I've pulled back a lot. I'm not as frequently there interacting. Usually I'm all but done with Twitter by about five o'clock in the evening and I've noticed a corresponding slowdown. Uh, My podcast has stayed fairly level. I had my first single digit percentage growth month from July into August. And right now, I'm on pace to do just about the same number of downloads this month as I did last month. So I know that something's not quite working, and I would venture to guess that part of that is the pullback on Twitter. But I need to find new avenues to exponentially grow the podcast because I can't continue to grow at a modest 10% and make it where I need to go. And, And I know, don't zone out on me. I'm talking numbers. But I do track and I I advise you to track because your mindset stays stronger when you track things. When you know where you are and where you're going, your mindset has an ability to hold tighter. But, and there's an easy point of failure here that if you are tracking and you're not moving where you want to move and you don't know the actions to take to get you back where you want to go or accelerate that process, then You are faced with an internal dilemma, and that internal dilemma is, should I settle for my lot? It's very easy if you've been in this environment for a matter of years to start saying, maybe the greats, experience much more success because they're just doing better than I am. Maybe they have more of that it factor than I do. Maybe they have more access. I hear a word thrown around a ton right now, and there's truth to it, but there's also the mindset of a settler, and that is nepotism. Okay, if you don't know the word, it just means that family members or friends give advantage to other family members and friends over strangers who might merit it more. Nepotism happens every industry you can think of. Uh, When I got a promotion to management at my uh, sunglass trunk slamming job, that was nepotism. I had a friend in the company who trusted me, saw the work I was doing. And that doesn't mean I didn't do a great job, but it means that there were other people doing a great job too. And I got that extra little boost because of who I knew. I've admitted that before. I'm happy to admit it again. Nepotism has helped me in my life. I guarantee it's helped you in your life but you're angry when somebody else gets it and not you. Rather than thinking about, okay, who are the people that I need to befriend who then are going to give me an advantage? Yes, here we are. We're circling back on some of these same principles. When you think about people as being an advantage to your furthering, it can be really tempting to then feel nasty and crusty and gross about yourself because you're using other people for what they can get you. I'm going to say it's sufficient right now To understand that if you are not a nasty, gross, slimy kind of person who's looking to climb over the bodies of all your competitors to get to the top, it's okay to see and view people as beneficial to your further progress. One quick test that you can do to know if you're that nasty, slimy, gritty, grimy, gross, salesy person is to say, have you ever knowingly used your position to benefit somebody else? in your life in their journey and if the answer to that question is yes you're not nasty slimy gritty gross if you want to be more generous by all means please be more generous there are some great podcasts out there that dive deep into developing a generous state of being i think that we're doing that here but our focus right now is to understand that people have the ability to help us get where we're going. And instead of being angry at all of those who are benefiting from nepotism, realize it's one path to get where you want to go and see if you're able to use it for your benefit. Okay, so back to this idea that we are settling. When you start to blame other people. Situations in your life for your failure to arrive where you hoped to arrive but have not yet. You are on a path to settling for your current position. Even if you take responsibility for where you are at currently, you are at risk of settling for where you are at currently. I'm going to say that again, because this defies what most people think about personal accountability. Even if you take responsibility for where you are at in your life, you are at risk. You are at risk for settling. Why is that? Because personal responsibility, accountability only says that you recognize where you are. It has nothing to do with where you want to be. You can take accountability for the fact that you don't have a lot of creative ideas for how to get your book in more readers' hands. You can take accountability for the fact that you don't know how to sort spreadsheets and figure out how to run an effective ad campaign on Amazon. That's a great mindset to be accountable for it. But without the active component of taking those shortcomings, who you really are, where you're really at, and turning them If you can't actively make choices to change those things, you're still at risk of settling. And if you don't want to settle, you have to make an action plan. I know. I hate it too. I will never use the phrase five-year plan in a positive light because I think it's stupid, it's hackish, it's hooey. We can't think five years into the future. But I would say, generally speaking, When your mind is focused on a destination, if you are honest, if you are sincere, if you are smart and thoughtful, you're going to progress toward that goal. There's no saying how quickly or slowly you will go, but you will progress in that direction. However, it is very easy to fall victim to the settling mindset to settle for where you're at to believe in yourself that you have arrived at the maximum of your abilities and then to be angry that you couldn't get where you wanted to go or to completely flip-flop what you always said you believed to have outsized ambitions and to just smash those and say you know what those ambitions they were making me unhappy this week one of my favorite tweets that I put out was a quote by a gentleman named Grant Cardone. Uh, he's written several books that I very much enjoyed. You can judge me if you want. He is a mixture of motivational and entrepreneurial kind of, I don't know, he, he's a, like a business jock. I don't love his persona, but I love what he has to say about ambition. He wrote a book, and I don't remember the exact title, but about the 10x method, maybe. Um, It's taking whatever goal you have and 10xing it. Now, that's dangerous if you're a person like me, because I already am thinking I want to sell to a million readers and have a a, a million-person fan base and make a million dollars. Um, And for me, to 10x means that I now start to need to think about 10 million copies of the book, 10 million dollars, 10 million followers. And... I'm going to be the first to tell you, that is not the size of my ambitions. If I get there, I'm glad. But the size of my ambitions is to influence seven figures, (laughs) to make seven figures, to have a reach of seven figures. One million, two million, three million. I think that those are all within my grasp. And I have to reevaluate when I get there, where we go. Because once you get somewhere, you you don't want to stay. You don't ever want to settle. You know what's weird, though, is I'm thinking this through. Why is it that if you get to a million, settling isn't even a picture anymore? Why does it go away as soon as you hit a certain threshold? I'd like you to reflect on that with me. I don't have an answer to that question right now. But something inside that question tells us something about where we're at right now. If we are at risk of settling when we have several thousand books sold or several hundred books sold or several tens of books sold but we're not at risk of settling after a million then something must kick in to your mindset where you just are no longer vulnerable to a certain kind of thinking and i do believe that I'm I'm writing part of the 7 figure marketing mindset for novelists. And one of the things that I talk about in that book and I'm I'm really excited to get it out to you soon, but one of the things that I talk about in that book is the guys like Grant Cardone um and Pat Flynn of the um smart passive income and uh Russell Brunson who does uh funnel hacks. All of those guys basically have said If you were to take away everything they have today and make them start over, it would take them a small fraction of the time to get it all back. And I think that that's somehow connected to this sort of thought process of, okay, um, now that I know how to do it, there's no such thing as settling. it's It's a designed path. And some of the actions I take will change based on whether I do it in 2012 or 2022 or 2032. The way that I get to people is going to change, but the method never does. And that speaks a lot to mindset. So I want to encourage you right now to take your mindset and break it. Okay, Take a metaphorical sledgehammer to your mindset right now and break it. Look at the pieces. Try to reassemble it. Try to see what pieces of your mindset are most vulnerable to Things like self-sabotage. Look at where you are standing or sitting or driving right now. Please be careful if you're on the road. And decide if you are moving in such a way that you're getting closer to the things you want. I am so passionate about us overcoming the typical sticking points that other novelists run into. Because we're going somewhere uncommon. And that means that the action we need to take is likewise uncommon. We need to do things that some people will call foolish. We need to not do things that some people would call wise. I'll give you a little illustration. I don't know that I can tie it all together in this exact moment, but uh, I don't have a retirement account, nor does Ashley. Ashley. We are hurtling toward our elderly years. (laughs) It feels more like hurtling every passing year. Time just goes faster. And I intentionally closed all of our retirement accounts. Now, I I do have other investments that are going to more than take care of us and benefit our kids when we're gone. But I don't have a retirement account because I know that what I'm doing right now is going to be sustainable for the future. When it gets up and running, it is going to produce a lot of opportunity, a lot of reach, a lot of money. And it's not like I'm going to magically want to stop doing what I'm doing, and neither will you. Because as writers, as novelists, we're doing already what we're passionate about. And it takes such a sustained effort to reach our readers and to get in front of the people who need to hear from us that we need all of our resources right now. We need them at this moment. And so it's considered unwise not to have a 401k. 401k. us considered not wise to have a 401k. I'm sorry for every person who just feels like I mocked their accent, and I'm hoping I did such a bad job that nobody can be like, oh, he was trying to do that. Because honestly, I don't know what I was going for. Um, I just, anyway. Be unwise if you must. If you can do it all, if you can juggle it all, if you can have your 401k and eat your cake and your pie and, uh, you know, win a, a skeet shooting contest and go snowboarding, Whatever. That's great, do it. But for me, and I I, I suspect for most other novelists, there's going to have to be a degree of um, the old cliched phrase, uh, burn all the bridges, burn them all, burn them to the ground. Force yourself to move forward. Uncommon action creates uncommon results. And that's the mindset that we need to have to get the kind of reach and exposure that we're hoping for. So I want to thank you so much for listening this week. This is something that's been on my mind for a while, maybe as long as two months, possibly just a couple of minutes, but it feels all-consuming. Do remember, I have a Patreon. Uh, That is in the hopes that I can keep the lights on, continue to make this podcast, I also have a novel that is out there shopping. So go ahead and shout some good vibes into the air that one of the editors who's looking at the novel will will pick it up and publish it because I am desperate to go the traditional publication route. Maybe we'll have a conversation about that at some point, my mindset, why I'm doing what I'm doing. But uh, I'm going to keep it a little shorter on you today. Uh, finally, I have the seven-figure marketing mindset for novelists coming out in the very new future it's not fully written but i am editing it as i go uh, and i have chapters in my editor's hands at the moment so that is going to be a fantastic fun written version of many of the concepts that we discuss in the podcast but distilled down into story form um, to help you cultivate your mindset toward this giant goal of, of reaching a million readers, selling a million copies, and making a million dollars on our novels. So I, I really think that you're going to love it. I'm excited to give it to anybody for free. If you email me at jodyjsperling@gmail.com, at I will give you a free copy just as soon as it's ready. Or you can also sign up for my newsletter, and that is through the show notes. I use MailerLite. You sign up for it a couple of times a month. I'll give you some good information. All of this will be repeated in the closing song thingy that I have on here. But you can join my newsletter. You will be entered for a free copy of the seven-figure marketing mindset for novelists when you do that or you email me. As always, I love hearing from you. So please feel free to email me, message me on Twitter. You know how to get a hold of me. I'm all over the place these days. Have yourself a wonderful rest of the week. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, do me a big favor right now. Click on the follow button in whatever podcast app you're listening on. That way you'll get notifications every time I drop a new episode. And if you still can't get enough, you can go to the show notes, click the link for my newsletter, and sign up today. I'll give you one to two interesting pieces of content every single month that you won't hear on the podcast or find laying around on the internet.